tip. Good afternoon. It is November 8th, 2021. You're listening to a little column A, a little column B, hosted by Will Emanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Today is a great day. I just got out of my, my regular job. Now I'm on to, you know, my more important, very serious podcast host job. And the reason that it's a big deal is because tomorrow is the start of college basketball. I was going to take a half day. Nope, not doing that. I'm taking the whole day off, going down to New York City, going to the Champions Classic. It'll be the first time that I will be in an arena to watch. Actually, not. I was going to say college basketball, but really to, to, to watch anything since before before covid and i'm, I'm wondering if uh, it might not get emotional just being there having uh, not just any basketball going to, to to see duke play the last year was not fun and i think part of it is uh i wasn't around to be there in person you know since 2014 i've always been in the arena cheering people on and last year wasn't able to do it and so i think there might be some sort of connection there so i'm really hoping uh you know, be able to send Coach K off with a uh, successful final season and, you know, start start right from the beginning in the first game. See, this sounds like you're just setting expectations very low because is your team supposed to be good this year or are we going to have a repeat of last year? Because right now it sounds like you're just excited just to be at the game, which is probably the right attitude to, ha- to have. But I'm wondering if maybe you're being a little defensive out of maybe having low expectations for the actual results this year. I, I I do not think, but I didn't think this last year that it was going to be as bad as it was last year. That would be that would be tough. Uh, there, I think there's there, there's a wide there's there's such a wide wide range. Uh, but I, I, it's, it seems very difficult to be as as bad as it was last year, especially with COVID and a guy leaving midway through the year. It's just uh, I, I I'm just. For karma's sake, I'm I'm afraid to say like, well, it could never be as bad as last year, and then something catastrophic happens. So I'm I'm trying to stay stay away from saying anything too too blatant. Well, also the relevancy of day one is, but nothing. What what does day one really tell anybody? Especially a team like Duke, where you actually have a coach, where you may actually improve as the as the season goes on. I don't know if you can really read too much in these preseason rankings. I I feel like they're. When was the last time they really got it right? Like they have the, There's always some sort of shift somewhere. It's going to take a little bit of time to even out to figure out who's good, last who's year. not good. Last year, Ken Palm, number one and number two, was Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah, but, but are we sure we're counting last year as a normal year? Oh, you just said, do they, these guys ever get it right? And sometimes, sometimes they can get it, get it kind of right. All right, well, all right, fine. Well, then what do they got Duke at this year? Maybe they'll get it right again. Uh... Ken Palm or the AP? Ken. It doesn't really matter. They're kind of the same. Uh, Ken Palm has Duke at uh, at ten, and the AP has them at at, at nine. Um, and then the AP Kentucky, who that's who they're playing tomorrow, um, is is at ten. So they're right next to each other, both both in the top ten. Oh, should be a very relevant game, though. That sounds that sounds exciting. I I just I don't know. I, I you invited me to go. I I can't do it for my work schedule to conflict, but. I don't know. I I think I'd be much more excited to go watch a professional basketball game than college. But man, the problem is my professional team is just a bunch of headaches. We could talk a little about the Celtics. I, I there's actually some decent uh, basketball articles to talk about right now. I want to cash in some credit for the Golden State Warriors, but let's talk some Celtics woes first. Marcus Smart came out in public, said some stuff. I'm not sure if it was necessarily shocking to hear it. It was just more why is he saying it. And it just feels like we're 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 doing this all over again. Like, are, are we having the same problems we were last year? We we're blowing leads. We're beating teams we should beat, but not beating teams we're supposed to beat. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with the Celtics. I don't even know what to tell you about them. I, I just want them to be better. I want to come back on the podcast and have good things to talk about them. And I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Uh, I think we have uh, have good things to talk about, especially compared to the past couple of weeks, because I believe that that Marcus Smart news came out before the last podcast. So that was kind of the, whew, this is uh, th- th- this is rough. And then we destroyed uh, Orlando as we uh, as we should. And then the next night, going to Miami and going into that, I was concerned. It's you got heat culture. You got Jimmy Butler and just a bunch of guys that just seem if you are soft, they are going to take advantage of it. But we we came out and. 
we actually took it took it to them and then there was uh the the unfortunate loss to dallas where luca just hit one of those superstar shots that uh kind of you, you shrug your shoulders and just would have would have preferred it wasn't there was a weird intentional foul by marcus smart at the end did you did you watch this I, I did see it. I have issues with that, but I have more issues with their offensive execution. It feels like Schroeder's go-to move is very predictable and it is being blocked every single time. That was an unfortunate attempt, I think, with about a minute to go. Where, But didn't last year, didn't we have Kemba doing the same thing? And so at least we're playing, paying Schroeder, what, third as much as we were playing, paying Kemba? All right, how about we just have a guy who doesn't do that? Because that would be nice. Sure, it's a better deal, but I feel like we're still losing with the same strengths and weaknesses. How about we address that? I don't care if it costs us anything. This is an issue. We need a point guard. We need somebody who's not afraid to actually finish at the rim, which apparently we can only get point guards that are always trying to go under guys. And and I get their little guys are supposed to be crafty and all that, but that doesn't work when the other team knows this is your go-to move. I'm forcing you into this position because you can't go over me. And it's just a very predictable stop. I don't know how those guys are a threat at the end of the game. And that's not going to change. We we need we need someone else. I, I mean, Jalen. I don't think Jalen was in that game. Was Jalen at the Dallas game? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's got the uh, the hamstring injury. So I, I guess it's a little bit more obvious that you could focus on Tatum and you know Schroeder and Smart and all these other guys just trying to step up and make a play. But we're we're just not that offensively fluid. Our assist ratios are very strange. I I can't tell if we're moving the ball or if it's just very stagnant at times i i don't like the way we play i I don't like the way we're being coached i don't know if i'm entirely sold on this roster which is very similar to last year uh luca hits amazing shots he he does that i i wish it felt like we probably could have doubled him i don't know if that would have solved it but wouldn't you rather take your chance with someone else taking that shot other than luca i i think it's one of those situations where luca is taking the shot even if you go to double team him, he's still doing that step back. And now we're shooting over two guys. He's you're either going to for, and I think forcing him into a difficult shot would be better than completely selling out. Cause it was a tie game. So if you pull, it's not like they needed a three, they could have, you know, so you could get a, a layup and there was a ton of time. Yeah. That was, what's weird is going into it. If we played defense and gotten a stop, there was about a, five second differential between or difference between the the shot clock and the the game clock until Marcus Smart fouled and it seemed like he did it on purpose and it just made no sense we had a foul to give but that was not the time when you use a foul to give it's it, look that's it I don't want to talk about the Celtics anymore let's talk about something I actually got right and I'm excited to talk about I we did some predictions at the beginning of the year of teams we were excited about, teams we thought would be really good, and teams we thought were going to be a little less successful. One of the teams I was super excited to watch and have watched, I haven't watched nearly as much, but what I have seen has been awesome. Golden State Warriors, they're 8 1. I believe they got the best record in the NBA right now. They are sure do. first in points, first in defense, first in threes, and first in assists. And they don't even have Clay, and I, I really don't feel like they're at full strength at all. Wiseman, I don't think, has played a minute. I think there's... Nope. Nope, Wiseman's still out. There's just a good variety of assets that this team possesses that they just haven't even deployed yet. And they are 8-1. and one. And I look at all these other teams that are struggling, aren't playing a... Like, like this seems like a, a style of play that they can reproduce on a nightly basis. And that's the most exciting thing about the Warriors and why they've had success in the past. It's team basketball. I mean, sure, they, they take a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. But I feel like everybody touches the ball. Everybody's kind of involved. Everybody knows their role. And that's a strength that every other team is just going to be jealous of the whole season. So all in on the Warriors. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch them. I'd highly recommend them if you haven't. The Curry Show, man. It's it's back. It's back. It's great. It's it's never going to end. I, I I think this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch them go up against all these other teams. I mean, what if they play Milwaukee? I think that's going to be interesting just because it, it's a bit of an old generation to a new generation. I know it's just years apart, but it feels like that, doesn't it? What What do you mean? I, like there was a Golden State era of when they were at dominant, oh, and, then, and oh, then there's okay, like a not... gap right now where they just they haven't gotten back to that, I'd say, championship caliber level, and it feels like they're very close to that. I'm kind of – Kind of saying that right now, and I'm excited to see them go against against a team like Milwaukee or a team like Phoenix. 
who were the, kind of the relevant dogs last year and see how they kind of phase up with this kind of 2.0 Golden State offense. It's it's really impressive. I, I, I'm impressed what, by Kerr. What is making them more successful this year than last year? Because they have added different pieces, but like you said, they're still missing Clay. They haven't had Wiseman this year. They do have the two rookies, but we discussed this in the last podcast. They're really not that involved. It's not like you know, they got Scotty Barnes or uh, or Mobley where it's like, ooh, yeah, that makes a difference. So isn't it pretty much the same as last year? Is this just a they're off to a hot start, but in a couple of weeks, you know, maybe, maybe by Thanksgiving or Christmas, you look and say they've kind of settled down to maybe more closer to 500? Maybe, maybe, but it also might be actual player development. I think Jordan Poole is, is playing a lot better than he did last year, and I think the result of him playing better is because he got a lot of run last year. You're going to learn from a lot of mistakes. He got to play with Draymond. He did play some games with Curry. I, I think there was some knowledge gained in all that and some experience and some actual improvement. And he's not the only one. I just think a lot of the guys that were thrown in there last year with no expectations and told, don't worry, you guys can take up these minutes, but don't worry. When Clay gets back and Curry gets back, you guys are going back to the bench. You're not in part of the franchise or is involved. I feel like they really got included in all, and they're really jumping on board with this team concept. It. It's really easy when your best player is as selfless as Curry. I think that has to make it easier. Like, cause nobody on that team thinks they're better than Curry. So who the hell are they to be selfish about anything ever? And that's just it's similar to like that Heat culture where there's just value in that. I, I think having these guys come back for a second year and embracing those values is what we're gonna see all all season. This is this is good basketball. This is a good basketball team. They're gonna be a really big threat. I, I don't think they're gonna necessarily level out or even out right now. I mean, especially we're going to talk about the Lakers right now. They're, I, they're struggling, and the solutions are are kind of not working. If you ask me, LeBron's going to be out for a little bit. I think we've seen some. Yeah, did you uh, did you hear the update on that today? What was the timeline? It's kind of bizarre. So, I haven't been fantasy, so I'm pretty pretty plugged in. And it was, yeah, it's a uh, abdominal issue, and he'll be out, you know, one one to two weeks. It's like, well, that that's not great. But you got the IR spots now, and that's kind of baked into why he's drafted in the third, fourth round and not in the first round anymore. You're getting older. It's going to get dinged up. But today it was, I don't know if it was his former personal trainer. It wasn't somebody with a team came out and said, this is an injury where you can recover like basic function quickly but you can re-injure it really easy and doesn't see him coming back any sooner than four to eight weeks so when you go from one to two weeks that's weeks when you say four to eight weeks now you're talking one to two months it, it changes changes what how much time it is and no no lebron for two months you know now we're talking january that's a long time to be without uh, one of your best players they're they're only the only good thing is, I mean, there's plenty of hungry teams out in the West. There's a lot of teams that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play every night, and they may not be the, a championship threat, but they're a threat on a nightly night basis. Where, like, a team like Memphis or Dallas, where, sure, they have championship aspects, but I don't know if they necessarily have the pieces to do that. But a beat up Laker team, they're going to struggle against a team like those every single time. They might even they struggle. They lost those. to the to the Thunder twice. There's something. Is Shea trying to get traded to L.A.? He's got like this thing where he he just kills the Lakers. His numbers against the Lakers are ridiculous. He has, his career highs are all against Lakers, all Laker games. The, the, the Oklahoma State Thunder only have three wins. Two of them are against the Lakers. Yeah, and both of them, both of them, if not mistaken, uh, the Lakers were up by twenty plus points. Really, that was both of them. I remember the first one. Definitely the first one. I think the second one as well. And if it wasn't, maybe it was it was 19 or something. But I thought this was the whole idea of having Westbrook was you're not going to fall asleep on a, on a team like OKC. Man, I, I, I maybe maybe I don't know what it takes to, to keep leads in the NBA anymore because it feels like nobody nobody can keep a lead anymore. Like what, what? Well, it's the threes. It's the amount of threes that you take. So you, you can swing and that's kind of part of the reason why you're up by so much and is how you can find yourself in a competitive game so quickly. Well, then maybe we need to stop talking about like being up by 20 as that much of a relevancy. Like you shouldn't ever get down by 20, but it maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal anymore. I don't think it's so much the 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 number is it's the combination of the number and the team. 
a team that's not supposed to be good that we're waiting for one little blip in the road to have Shea shut down again like he was last year. Man, I hope not. Shea's great. Shea's a crafty, crafty player. If you haven't got a chance to watch him, it's some of these Euro steps he's pulling off and these up and under scoops. Man, I, I haven't seen anybody do something that creative in a while. Ja, ja Moran's doing some stuff similar, too, where these guys just pause on a split second and they change directions and they go off and off foot and then they're just like swinging their arms in the air up and around everyone. It's 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 crafty stuff. It's very fearless. Well, the problem is those teams aren't on uh, aren't aren't nationally televised very much uh, because the Pelicans are taking their spot and Zion's really uh, really hurting the NBA that a ton of their premier late games are the Pelicans and there's no Zion and it is uh is it? Ingram Ingram's hurt right now so it's not the not the most premier uh, names in those games. Is this just NBA life now where we're just going to have to constantly watch all these terrible Pelican games? Like what's the year where they're they're like, "Hey, maybe we just lean off the Zion schedule." Like that's no, never happen. that's never going to happen. Right? No. <laughs> no. Is... The, the the way that Zion plays, it, it's exciting to watch. Everybody knows the knows the name. I mean, he's right up there with Curry on the if you could watch one NBA player, who would you want? And that's the name you're going to hear. So that's that's now part of our NBA life now is games bad pelican games. Any, well, no, maybe not the Pelicans, but whatever team Zion's on, that <laughs> team. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to acknowledge that. That's he's got to play to actually even get moved. But you know, he's an exciting player and I talked about a team that I was excited to watch this year. You mentioned a team as well who has been exciting and entertaining with all the dramatic conflict and all that, but I bet you weren't expecting the 76ers to be at top of the East right now. <laughs> I don't think anyone was. And this well, is all yeah. with the drama included. Your your thoughts on kind of nailing the most exciting team in the East thus far for different reasons. I kind of got it for the, the wrong reasons. This week, news did come out that they are starting to find Ben Simmons again. There's definitely been some information wars going back and forth where, uh, you know, it came out probably from the team saying, Hey, Ben isn't working with us. If we're trying to help him, we are listening to him. He's saying he's not mentally prepared to play. So we're looking, what are the solutions? And then I saw pretty quickly, the backlash to that was, well, you can't expect Ben Simmons to say, to tell team officials what he talked about in private sessions. And of course, then I came back to the team. He's like, no, no, we're not asking for, for details because that's obviously private and confidential, but we're, we're trying to figure out a solution here. And so now it's gone back to he's getting fined when he, when he doesn't play. Haven't really heard anything in the past couple of days on, on movement uh, besides heard today that the, uh, the Celtics uh, have shown interest, which I would hope they would. You have this distressed asset. At least give give a call, and I'm not even sure if it, if this is real because the the word was uh, Jalen Brown was the main person on the other side. And <laughs> no, one, Jaylen, no way. Jalen Brown's hurt right now, and this seems something that's coming out of the Sixers camp to show like, hey, you know, Celtics really really smart, and you know that. See, look at that the floor. At least J, you know Jalen Brown, and so I, I think it's a little more on the on the Sixers side than on the. On, on the Celtic side, but uh, unfortunately also today news came out that Embiid tested positive for COVID. So he's going to be on the, uh, on, on the shelf for a little bit, which, you know, it's not great that COVID still is sticking around. We can't quite get, get past it. <laughs> with, with Embiid out, do you think Simmons returns? That, that's why he wasn't mentally ready to play. I don't know. I just, I, well, I know they said, if you're going to play, we're going to play, Embiid style basketball and I, I think that's part of the conflict well, I mean he has some other issues beyond they, just that but they, they might need him or they're going to bring in uh, special players because they already have uh, Tobias Harris is out uh, Thibel's out so you're, you're going to start just running out of, out of players wow wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> this just turns into the Ben Simmons team overnight the the harder part is if he does come back and like is this enticing enough just to get him to come back and then maybe Embiid gets healthy and then what he just goes back to sitting out again or 
Like, what I think the- this all just goes back to he said, I am not going to play for the Sixers anymore. I demand a trade. And now all this other stuff past it is just all still to go to that he doesn't want to be there. Well, he's going to be there. He, they're not going to trade him. I mean, I'm sh- <laughs> they would love to trade him for Jalen Brown, but I promise you that offer is not real. When you said the Celtics were interested, I was going to ask you, I said, well, I don't think they'd be very happy to have Marcus Smart and Dennis Schroeder. Or I don't know what other packages we could put together, but I, I wouldn't sh- I wouldn't give up Jalen or Tatum with them. If anything, I would try to add a point guard to this team that we just don't have. Simmons definitely doesn't seem like the, the mentally prepared guy. To, to help a struggling, mentally weak Boston team, if well, you ask me. You just, so. said you, uh, you just said earlier you wanted a point guard that wasn't going to get blocked. Well, Ben Simmons is a heck of a lot taller than uh, Schroeder is. Look, the, the defensive capabilities are – I can't even argue them. They're there. They're real. There's absolute advantages on defense. I think, we, man, Tatum, Simmons, and Brown, and then assuming we're able to keep smart in this deal, which I don't know – I don't even want to talk about it. I assume we keep smart. Yeah, that's that's a threatening defensive lineup with Time Lord back there and or even Al. I mean, Al has actually been really good this year. I don't Al's know how been many, doing. Al's been great I, on both ends. I don't know how many good games we're going to get out of Al. We might have gotten all the best ones already, but yeah, he has turned back the clock. He did this like for a little bit of a stretch in OKC recently, and I, I don't know how Al's doing it, but he he knows how to be in the right place at the right time. His shot is. I always feel like it's going in because he only takes shots he can make. I, I've never been like, oh, why is Al forcing it or why is he doing this? It, it just feels like he's making all the right decisions. It's disappointing that we're not having the success with him playing this well because I didn't think he was going to have this much left in the tank, and I feel like we're kind of wasting it right now. Do you think Simmons is concerned that the Sixers are playing so well without him? He he should be. And he tried to, and he tried to torpedo the whole situation and make it a distraction? And now it's more. He came out. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to trade him. Like this, it's going to be like the long haul. I'll, I'll power through this. And so I feel like this puts a lot more pressure on Simmons than it does on Maury. When Maury's like, like, hey, we're, we're eight and two. We're at the top of the East. Why would I change anything? Yeah, maybe, maybe they don't need anything. Maybe this team is addition by subtraction. <laughs> Man, what, what if, I don't know how this is going to play out. I really don't know. It doesn't feel like it's going to get resolved anytime soon. Very similar to the, some other situations like in Brooklyn. Like This is just the way it is. We can we can talk about all these proposals and all these trades and all that. At the end of the day, something somebody's going to have to get injured and be desperate enough to trade for him and just but desperately need a point guard. It goes into the whole thing. If he's not mentally prepared to play, that's the line right now. If he gets traded, why would you trade for someone that's not prepared to play? Why would you trade for anyone that may potentially ever play that card again? Like, why? It, it seems like you're you're trading for an asset, like you said, that just may decide to hold out suddenly. Yeah, that's tricky. And then you're supposed to give up actual value for this asset too. You know, this isn't a free asset. You're supposed to exactly you're supposed yeah. to compromise for this contract and this quality of player, alleged quality of player, and. Yeah, no, he's not doing himself any favors. I don't know if coming back and playing is actually going to bail him out, but I think that's the only way he's going to be able to get out of town is he's going to have to play. It, it sure, sure doesn't seem like that's uh, on the table anytime soon. Uh, speaking of missing some games and causing some drama, I don't think we've talked about Aaron Rodgers uh, on the podcast as recently, and this is this is actually – Entirely off the field conflict, which uh, I don't like that we're kind of embracing that and on the podcast right now. It's generally not a topic we try to talk about, but how, how can we not go on with talking about this? Him essentially, I don't know. I don't, is, is this the definition of a white lie of extending the truth a little bit by saying he wasn't vaccinated, even though he said he was what, immunized or whatever? Some some made up word. Is that even a word? Something. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a word. I there's actual rules in the NFL where if you're unvaccinated, you're not supposed to go out and do certain things with certain amounts of people and team aspects. You're supposed to wear a mask at the press conference. You're supposed to do your best to wear a mask, I believe, on the sideline. There there are a list of rules that are in, in place of protection for players across the league. And it feels like Aaron Rodgers has just decided to break all of those and isn't, doesn't really feel like he's done anything wrong here. I, I've listened on the Simmons podcast recently where they 
they kind of compared the error of this to the error of deflate gate and i don't even see the relation to it at all but i look at the the actual consequences of deflate gate and i feel like this this has to be worse and that's that may be a biased patriot fan saying that but i i feel like aaron Rodgers has put more people in danger than deflate gate ever has yeah where is where's goodell in all this silence silence i know he makes the league money but this isn't this is about protecting the league this is exactly why you need to step up i i know you you could you could only make money if there's a league to have and this is like one step to not protecting the league to not having a league like this is this is shaky ground here i I feel like they need to make a bigger deal about this i don't know what the right answer is i just feel like if you had rules these are the rules you don't nobody gets a special expectation i don't care who you are you're you're gonna you're gonna follow the rules this this seems like he he broke the rules and he lied about his 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 status where, like you said, there were specific things that if you were vaccinated, you could do this if you weren't. And so I don't know how much of the people on the on the inside, if he was following those rules or if it, he told people, yeah, I'm 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 good. So don't, don't worry about it. Uh, so he's out 10, 10 days. I think he's going to miss miss two games. He missed the game uh, this past week. They lost to the to, to the Chiefs. But this seems like a clear rule was broken since the gate. Have you ever heard of the balls being tested? Uh, like, we still have no idea what the PSI of the ball is before Deflate Gate. I have no idea. I don't really care. And all of a sudden, it just comes up out of nowhere, and there's a whole legal case. And then basically, it comes down to Goodell is the commissioner. If he wants to come down with a ruling, he can do whatever he wants. It had nothing to do with what the PSI of the footballs were, whether it had to do with in cold temperatures, the PSI can go down, but this seems much more cut and dry of you broke a rule. I, I, I just, it, it seems baffling to me that Goodell hasn't been forced to, to comment on it. No comment, no, no potential, anything. I haven't heard anything. And I don't understand. The Brady re- got suspended for four football games, four football games. Four that, football games, and the Patriots lost. Uh, lost. Was it just a first round pick, or was it multiple picks? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I try not to. I don't remember yeah, this stuff. We won. It doesn't matter. As you know, a, we, as we a being like, I am in charge. I, if I want to suspend you, I can suspend you. I am the king. What I say goes. And this just seems. I, I don't know how this isn't. There has been. There's been no talk of uh, Rogers facing some sort of punishment. He's gonna be. He's gonna face a punishment. There's no way. If Goodell wants to take his time in in calculating that, that's fine. But if you ask me, Rodgers is out the next at least four games, man. At least, at least the next four games. Well, I think he's out at least two games because when you're uh, you're unvaccinated, you it, it's just a minimum. Your minimum, you're out. You're out ten days. Well, I don't know if those games will count towards a suspension, but I, I think. Even if it's a two-game suspension plus missing those two games, it kind of is like a, it's like a four-game suspension. Now the money and all that, I think it'll have a an actual relevancy. But yeah, I think he's gonna be out for at least four games. I'm I'm calling. They can take their time because, like you said, he's not gonna play for two weeks here, in making an announcement. But I think an announcement is gonna come. It has to. It has to. How does it? It doesn't make any sense to not acknowledge this at least and have some sort of consequence. Otherwise, what's the point of having the rules? Why is anyone wearing a mask at all? Like what, let's just go back to normal. Why are we taking any special protocols? If if it doesn't like, is it a status thing? Like, what's the what's the what's the line? You got to be this this popular, make this much money. Like, what makes it okay? I demand justice. It just it just doesn't seem right, and I can't believe Goodell has just been patient about all of this. I I just there's there's certain things that I think we can't tiptoe around anymore this is a real factor this has changed an entire country an entire world has been altered by this and these are kind of the the new rules this is the new way of life you can neither and you don't it's not like he did he didn't know about all of this right there was there was options laid out you get vaccinated you can operate under these rules you don't get vac- vaccinated you operate under these rules and these are the consequences and the risks of taking that and making that decision so I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? I, I don't want to get too much into all of that because 
like I said, this is a sports podcast, so we're going to get into even more sports news that doesn't make any sense at all, which is all of the upsets of this past weekend. My God. Titans over Rams, Broncos over Cowboys, Browns over Bengals, Jags over Bills, Falcons over Saints, Giants over Raiders. Madness, madness, and more madness. We talked a it little. Wild. I I don't know what team's good, what team's bad. I, I feel like there was this Bengals momentum that I was very much feeling, and then they just. It's gone. Two stinkers, two bad stinkers, back-to-back weeks. That was some of the things with the uh, with, with, with the upsets. It wasn't just a, ooh, there's a fluky thing that happened at the end of the end of the, the game. The Broncos just stomped the Cowboys. Like, that game was over at halftime. I mean, maybe not quite over at halftime. I mean, they, they were up 60, but it was up 16 to nothing. And then, you know, the Cowboys only scored 16 points the, the, the entire game. The Browns put up uh, 41 on the Bengals. It's like, these, these weren't even close. No. I, as a, as a Bengals team fantasy owner, essentially, of having – so many players and defenses with the, within one team. It's it's been a rough two weeks. It, the the momentum is gone. I feel like I, I made the name change and it was a curse. All right, the, the the Tiger Kings have not been successful since changing the name. It it is it's been shaky shaky this whole week. I don't know what I'm gonna do with Burrow. I I kind of want to take a break from him for a week, but I think he has a buy. He may be on a buy this week. Uh, that that may be the break I need. Just just give me something else for a week because this past week was just. Too many interceptions. <laughs> uh, I think that the most shocking result of this week, though, was the Jacksonville Jaguars defeating the Bills. Man, that is one that you just chalk up as you're going through. Them. Oh, okay. Some of these might be close. Some of these might be toss-ups. But this one was a, oh, they're for sure going to win. I uh, I got burned on my Survivor League on uh, the, the Broncos beating the Cowboys. But I'll be interested to go in and take a peek. But with all these upsets... Man, there cannot be a lot of a lot of teams still standing. Yeah, I I feel like if you were in a survivor league, one of like one of the upsets I just named would have been one of the games you picked from. Because you yeah. weren't picking from the other other teams. I, I didn't think I, didn't even, I, I looked at the, the Bills Jaguars. I think that was the the largest spread, but was ah uh, well I, I don't want to use the Bills in this one. Like I, I want to save them for, for down the road where they're playing somebody a little bit better. But that would have burned me too. Well, with the Bills losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that now puts the record at 5-3. and three. Do you know the Patriots' current record after their victory over the Carolina Panthers this week? I believe that we have five victories. Oh, we are 5-4. and four. Now the, the bye week will even out you know, once the schedule goes on. But you know what? I think we got a ball game here. We are in the running. We have a shot. That it, is, uh, that's what I've been hearing. I've been hearing that the Patriots are in the mix. We... I don't know, you know. I don't. I don't know if we're necessarily uh, going to the championship or if we should have those sort of expectations. But I believe, I believe we might be going dancing at least. You know, I think we got a shot, and I'm I'm very excited about that. I think we have a very favorable schedule. We could talk about some futuristic games here. I don't want to break it down too much, but there's there's some winnable games on the line there. Now, based on last week's results, I don't know if any of those games are winnable anymore because I think we've got to play Jacksonville twice. We've got to play the Titans once. Both those teams won, so. On paper, I feel like it should look good, but of relevant, most recent relevant outcomes, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't have that easy of a schedule. But either way, we're in the mix. We've done a lot of good things right. I think the team's getting better. There's rumors of maybe improving this team even more. I'm a little concerned and want to talk very, very little about this potential Odell Beckham Jr. I, I don't. Is someone going to sign him? Did he clear waivers yet? Because I knew that was a what, a $9 million tab on, on top of that or something. I was definitely confused really on the whole situation, but then on the way out and it seemed like the Browns, I was confused where they based on the way that they did it and how much money they decided to pay him, like had an impact on who would be able to pick him up. And it seemed like the Browns were trying to screw him over. And I, I didn't quite understand all of it, but I think, he, I think he's either going through waivers now, or he he has passed through it, but he's he's not he hasn't signed with anybody yet. So, to my understanding, he was caught by the team, and he was going to be on waivers for however long. I'm assuming a and couple basically days. Basically, it was because he was upset he wasn't getting enough attention to the point that his dad got involved. I, I, Is that right? I wasn't even. I don't even know the reasons of it. He wasn't. 
he wasn't playing very good. The team honestly hasn't been very good this year. They've they probably should have a, a couple more wins on their their record, but they just don't, and that's probably not Odell's fault. There, there's other things that have gone wrong for this team throughout the year. But yeah, he's been disappointing, and they think they've been disappointed with him. So I understood the reason of trying to go a different direction. But I think so when they cut him and he's on waivers right now, any team could put a claim on him. Now, when you put a claim on him, I believe that comes with a bit of a price tag because of his current contract. But once he clears waivers, that contract's gone, and now he would be re-signing with somewhere of his choice. For some reason, I keep hearing the Patriots' name and that we are going to sign him for some cheap money, and I'm all for that. But, I mean, when was the last time he was good? Like, what are we expecting to get out of this? I think it's just one of those things that we've taken flyers on guys in the past, and I think that's why we've our, our name comes up. But I, I wouldn't put too too much stock into it. Well, we're moving in the right direction. I just worry about adding anybody who's as vocal as him, especially given the situation that he's in, is the result of him being vocal and upset about things. I, I we don't need that on this team. Even if we do get a great Odell Beckham receiver season out of the rest of this it's, it's not gonna be worth it I, I don't think it, it's the risk just doesn't add up for me of the amount of things that could go wrong that seem likely to go wrong what are the what are the chances of something good actually coming out of it I don't I don't see it like I said I don't think there's really much uh much stock in it more than it's juicy it's gossip it's all oh, you know we uh you know pulled Randy Moss out and I mean that's really like the only guy right <laughs> Yeah, that that is the the kind of one and only uh, success there. So there's but, always talk about how we we get these guys, but we're we're really way better off with the uh, more and more fringe positions and Belichick finding some guy, like not drafting, but finding him somewhere. I don't know how he does it, but that seems more along the lines. Yeah, I mean it was a wild weekend. Who knows if anyone's even good? I don't even know if the Patriots are good. I feel like we're getting better though. I've, as as just the eyeball test, we're we're a better team than we were last week. We're a better team than we were two weeks ago. We're we're starting to put some things together, and three wins in a row. Wins are, are way more fun. I am way too attached on uh, on, on sports teams. It it changes. It changes my <laughs> my general kind of like equilibrium, where it's like, man, like the Patriots are losing again. Yeah, but it's like all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Whoa, over five hundred. Okay, and like you said. We're, we're, we're getting better. It's not complete fluky luck at the very end, and I think we had some some bad luck at the beginning of the year. So you start, okay, all right, if we can keep uh, putting uh, putting a good foot forward. I think we have the uh, the Browns coming up, and so they're coming off a, off a big win. So we'll just kind of test ourselves with a little more, uh, a little, little bit better of a team. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, any other football stories you want to talk about? I got kind of a bold prediction in – in Chicago, I think Chicago's going to win tonight. I, I, think, I think Fields is going to put on a show. I think this is going to be the breakout game. Uh, is Fields playing? I would, uh, I would imagine so. All right. Yeah. No, I think Fields is going to have like a massive game. Yeah, I think he's going to do it all with his legs too. I don't think it's going to okay. be throwing. I think, I think what we saw last week that that one scramble where he breaks free, dives into the end zone. I think you're going to see that like four times tonight. I think he's going to light up Pittsburgh. Okay. I don't really have a lot of relevance to, uh, beyond that. I'll follow up. But I, I think Fields is going to have a really good offensive game, and I think that defense in Chicago is going to be strong enough to confuse and probably hurt Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger gets hurt tonight. Uh, this this needs to come to an end. It'll be the it'll be a blessing in disguise, man. They they have some offensive power on this team. I don't think Roethlisberger is utilizing it I, I just think there's a there's a cap on his abilities at this point and I, I just don't know I don't think I think there's a higher ceiling for this team and Roethlisberger just can't get him there if you ask me but I, I don't know I, I just got a good feeling about Chicago tonight I, I don't really have much reason other than I, I just think Fields is on to something I think there's some unpredictability some scrambling ad, advantages that similar to like Lamar Jackson where you just can't prepare for it this guy's going to be doing freestyling stuff all all night and there's going to be times where it looks really sloppy and it doesn't work. But I think there's going to be a few times where it's like, oh, my God, he just he just blew this whole defense away. He just made an incredible run for 20 yards out of an awful broken play that shouldn't have worked and somehow did. So I, I just think that's going to happen a lot tonight. 
I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit more excitement. Uh, Do we get the Manning cast this week? I don't think so. I think uh, they're off until week 10. Oh, they were back last week. I think it was last week. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah it's tricky where they uh, keep hopping, hopping in and out. Yeah, well, speak of, speaking of being back, We've probably talked, I don't know if we necessarily talked about the finale on this show, but I think we've talked about some disappointing finales across shows uh, at least once on this podcast. I, I, I've certainly ranted on it. And I think Dexter was one that was commonly brought up as one of the weaker finales of a, of a series that I think is respectable. I think a lot of people acknowledge that there's there's some good things going on here. I think a lot of people were impressed and enjoyed and watched the show. So I'll give it I'll give it a successful kind of thumbs up. But this this closing was just a disappointment and just a damper on a show that, like I said, I think was, you know, respected across the, across the board. Well, Dexter is now back. This is years later. I have I don't really know enough about the new season to tell you, uh, like, the details of what to be excited for, other than I think they're going to fix it. <laughs> it can't get worse. And if it does get worse, I'm, I'm willing to watch a terrible last season here because... It was that bad. It was that bad. So, like, even if they disappoint me all over again, I'm willing to risk it being even slightly better. Are you going to jump on board with this, too? I'm definitely going to jump on board. I will be watching either uh, either tonight. Uh, Sundays. Sundays are, like, when all the shows that I'm watching right now are on. So, I think that's going to be one of the uh, the first ones I, I check out. So, depending on with, with football. Uh, but I'll get to definitely before the next podcast, I'll, I'll watch it. But agree with you. When Dexter started, it was really before streaming, and I think that there was less of a focus on the ending because, like, well, once it ends, I mean, maybe it goes into syndication, maybe it doesn't. But oh, okay, who who really cares? But once streaming has become the bigger venue or avenue for people to to watch shows, the ending really matters because people are going to be recommending the show and it's really hard to say, Hey, yeah, the show is really good except for the ending. And it's terrible. It's the absolute worst. It's going to put a bad uh, taste in your mouth and it ruins the whole show for you. Well, I think people there's are going to go, a, well, I'm going to, I'm going to watch something else. There there's a, there's so many options out there. Like you said, with the streaming services now, I mean, between the services alone and then the products on each service, there's, there's just I think people value their time and what they choose to watch now, and there's there's actual rewards on good endings. I, I think you get a controversial one like The Sopranos, whether you like it or love it, I think there's there's an emotion that's rewarded out of it that you can only get if you watch the whole show. And then you got shows like, say, Breaking Bad or, or I don't know, maybe The Wire. There's just, it could really cap off a show if it's a whole package. It's like, hey, you can watch this from start to finish, and you won't believe how it ends. Versus with Dexter, it's like, yeah, this is a fun ride, but you're going to hate how it ends. That that makes me not want to go on the ride anymore. But one of the reasons that I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in is because we are casual TV critics, watchers, whatever you want to call us. So we know this and we've heard this. But can you imagine if you are involved with the show? It must be what you hear all of the time. You go to a, a cocktail party. Oh, yeah, yeah, I worked on Dexter. Oh, great show. You know, the ending, kind of rough, though. You, and you've been hearing this for years. So now you finally have a chance to go in and to try to fix the situation. And it sounds like it's picking up right where it left off. And I'm wondering if that will help them to go, hey, that seemed weird the way we ended it, but now we are bringing this back, and now we have a, a, a reason that we ended it like this. And we're rebooting it, and we're gonna send this off with a with a correct, better uh, finale. Because now it'll look like, ooh, ending to one season wasn't that good, but not the ending to the show was bad. Yeah, no, this is this is gonna. It's be a little fine. bit cheating for sure, but it gives them an uh, an opportunity. You know, I don't care. It it's gonna make everybody feel better. Like how, cheating, sure. Yeah, is it fair? No, no. There's definitely more impressive shows that were able to get it right in the first try. But you know what? I don't have a problem with the, with with the show, the wanting to reward the fans and themselves for all the hard work and all the good things they did do. 
This is like having an awesome game. You got a triple double, and then you have the worst turnover ever, and you you cost your whole team the game. Like there there's still some reward that should be going into doing a whole lot of things right, having the triple double and playing really well and playing good enough to win the game. But blowing at the end, you know, there's I they have they have a chance to refocus and rewrite the entire show history, and it could get the credit that it probably deserves and. I'm kind of excited for that. I imagine they wouldn't have brought this back and they wouldn't have done this for just about any ending. They had to do it for a good ending and hopefully that's the reward we get out of it. I I don't know. I, once that music starts playing on the intro again, man, I'm going to get like this little creepy crawl. I, I may shiver a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, the Dexter. Oh, this it's is, so creepy. Yeah, this is it's weird. This is, if you haven't seen the show, it's it's kind of, it's kind of hard to describe as, as both a dark and just graphic show. I, I mean, what? how would you describe it? I definitely it definitely makes you uh you know a little uncomfortable and it's interesting the the little bit of the the anti-hero and well he's a serial killer but he's like a good guy like he's doing it for trying to do it for for the right reason so it's it's definitely a uh, an interesting premise that I think they uh they 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 did well there's also a, a a discipline to it. There, there's there's literally there's a code that that he follows, and I think that's there's a relevancy to that. That they, he, the character and the show have both done their best to abide by that code, and that I feel like because of the consistency of that throughout the seasons, that that has value, and they they those values fell off a little bit towards the the last end, and I can't wait for them to get back to it and to just wrap things up the way it should have been wrapped up. It's it's gonna be fun. I. Are you worried about the aging of it at all? Because you know it's been a couple years for for the actor and maybe everyone else involved here. Do you, I feel like sometimes when they bring these back, it's like, oh my god, he got so old and fat, and clearly that's like fake hair now or that's dyed. Like, is there is there any concern for that, or or can we just age him the way he's aged and just say this is how long it's been in the character? Like, are we just jumping in years later? Are I we... would think that's what they 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 would do. Uh... I remember when I watched the the trailer, I was thinking that because that's what happens a lot when it's years later. It's just you can't get past it. It just it doesn't doesn't look right. Doesn't look right. But at least when I saw the 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 preview, it was uh, Michael Michael C. Hall who plays the main character Dexter. He he looks like pretty pretty similar. I mean, for sure, everybody everybody gets older, but was definitely no nothing that really stood out of oh this is this is not good. So it'll be interesting to see. Once you're not just watching quick scenes and it's the it's the the, the, the real deal how that uh, how that works. Man, that has to be just a, a streaming era issue right now. Because if you're watching stuff on cable, I don't think you're able to really connect that they look different between season to season. It's when you're binging it and you're like, wait a minute, this guy only had one chin in this season, and suddenly this is out, and he's he's got more than that now. <laughs> you know, there's. It's a little bit extra weight, a little bit thicker in the face. You just you can see changes just happening, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just there's a the, you're removed from it. The the cohesiveness is gone a little bit, and I, I wonder how they're going to address all that. They, they they have to age it right, and the flashbacks. I'm sure they'll do some some tweaking here or there, but um, I'm excited for it. It's rarely you see a show admit that they kind of got it wrong and actually make an effort to correct it. This never happens. I feel like so I'm. I guess I should be excited that they're they're doing what I want. They're they're gonna try and make it right, and they don't have to do that. By all means, you could just say no. I'm the director. I'm the artist of all this. This is how I wanted to end it. I don't care if anyone else done. didn't like it. I it's done. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Right? So the fact that we're here and that they seem to be on board with it and just as excited as all of the fans, it should be it should be rewarding. I'm <laughs> I can't wait to kill it on the next podcast we're like oh my god this is terrible whoever wanted this back why did i want this, this is <laughs> <laughs> uh but but maybe we don't get that uh we'll see it's it's hard with these shows uh we got about 10 minutes left on the podcast here is there is there any topic you want to get to or should i just start playing the music and get us out of here you can you can just play the music uh, get us out of here i think we've uh we've, we've touched on the, the main things that i wanted to wanted to get off uh off my chest yeah, man, I got I got dog update here. We, uh, she's a runner. She's she likes running on leash, man. Do you know how I know that? I do know how you know that because now all of my social media is nothing but the all dog. All of it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Will is now a proud father, and it is exactly how you expect it to go of Facebook, Snapchat, and Will, I don't think, I think I could count on one hand the amount of Snapchats you sent me before you got the dog, and now I've gotten way more of them. And it is all sorts of different different dog uh, dog things. So you you are you are a full on dog dad now. I, I I didn't know how that was gonna work, but it has happened instantaneously. You know, everyone says that, and my whole thing is what you were interested in my other life before the dog. You wanted to know what I was doing before that. You you want to watch me watching the Wu Tang show with 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 nothing like there. There's, no, there's nothing entertaining about my life. Now, I feel like the dog is at least cute, and you can watch it, and it's a cheap little joy, and it's just that little antidepressant up you need. And it's, it's, I'm just sharing the good, all right? I'm happy I got a dog. The dog's going to make you feel better. makes me feel better. Everybody feels better with the dog, all right? She's, she's doing great. She's, she's great in the car. She likes running around. If it makes around. you happy, it makes me happy, but I wanted to let the listeners know that that is what's, that is what's happening now, is that... He, he, he does not just own a dog. He, he, is a, he is a dog dad. Well, I feel responsible for the first time in my life. This is a, a new new feeling right now, all right? This is <laughs> well, it is. It, you, you're, you're holding a, a life. You, she, she needs you for everything. She's great. She's sleeping right now by my feet this entire podcast. Not not even one, one nibble, one bark, one want to... One effort to play. Just sleep. This dog is a big old couch potato, man. <laughs> All about the Z's. She's snoring nonstop. I, it's unbelievable how much this dog snores. <laughs> L- living the good life. I, I certainly envy it. But uh, she made a friend this week. She's uh, so far one for one with the dog-friendly uh, environment. And that was a huge, huge box to check off. So... So far, we're good with all the other dogs. She's met a whole bunch of people, and it's been great with all that. So, uh, yeah, dog, dog father, dog dad. I mean, uh, is that like playing the Godfather? Is that is that cool? Is that, is that the new nickname, dog father? I don't think I've heard anybody use that, but uh, I, I suppose you could you could try to uh, make that your thing. All right, well, I'll save it for the next intro. We will be back next week. Thank you as always for listening. Little column A, little column B.